Hello, and welcome to Device Week for MedTech Insight. I'm Editor Reed Miller, and with me today is Editor Marion Webb. Just to note before we get started, Device Week is bi-weekly now instead of weekly, because we think that will serve our readers a bit better. So Marion, March was a big month in terms of MedTech conferences and great opportunities for us to meet with companies and some MedTech executives. Uh, your two most recent exec chats highlights two female CEOs that you made uh, contact with at meetings. So what can you tell us about those conversations? Yes. So the first exact chat I wrote is on Martha Shaden, who is the CEO of Mia Orthopedics. So this was kind of a follow-up from the recent American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons Conference in Chicago, which took place in March. And why we didn't get the opportunity to meet in person at the conference, it was great to have a follow-up opportunity and talk about the launch of the company's Bear implant. So just a little bit about this implant. It's designed to get patients with an ACL tear back on their feet and back to their sports faster post-surgery compared to traditional ACL reconstruction. And Shaden told me that since um, the company launched the Bear implant this January after receiving the de novo clearance in December 2020 from the FDA, revenues were up 400% in the first quarter compared to the prior quarter. It's a private company, so Shaden declined to give exact revenue figures, but she said the number of physicians were using the implant exceeded her expectations as well as the repeat usage by surgeons. So what makes the bare implant from ACL reconstruction is that it doesn't require an allograft or autograft. It's a resorbable implant that's made from bovine collagen and is secured via suture to bridge the gap between the torn ends of a patient's ACL. The patient's own blood is then injected into the implant during the surgical implantation to form a device-protected clot that allows the body to heal. So within about eight weeks, the bare implant is absorbed and replaced by the body's own tissue uh, is actually from a statement that the FDA uh, provided. So the company has two ongoing trials to further evaluate the bare technique and Shaden has high hopes that the bare implant will appeal to patients. We don't want to get an allograft from a deceased donor or don't want to get a tendon harvested from one of their legs, which of course equals longer recovery times. All right. So what is the market opportunity they see for their device? Yeah. So according to Shaden, there are about 400,000 ACL injuries every year in the U.S. alone and about 200,000 ACL reconstructions. So about 200,000 people with ACL injuries choose not to get surgery. And she believes that about half of those 200,000 could also be potentially their patients. Thanks for that, Marion. So you also interviewed Leslie Trigg, who is the CEO of Outset Medical. What can you tell us about that conversation and about Outset? Yes. So Outset Medical developed the Tableau hemodialysis system, which is a mobile hemodialysis system for treating patients with acute or chronic renal failure. And it's used in acute and home care settings. So what makes the system unique is that it was the first at-home dialysis treatment to be cleared by the FDA in early 2020. And Trick is a firm believer that the Tableau will transform kidney care as we know it. Her plan for the rest of this year is to continue expanding its footprint into the acute setting, but also support more patients at home. What will be interesting to our listeners is that much of the interview was also based on a panel discussion 
with the LSI Emerging MedTech Summit, which I attended last month, where she actually shared a lot of her lessons learned along her journey of growing several MedTech companies, many of which were acquired. Both of these stories are published on the MedTech Insight website right now. And I know you're going to be keeping your eye out for new developments at Outset Medical. But next will be another story on Femtech, which is part of your new Femtech series that you're going to be continuing to work on. Yes, that's right, Reed. So you followed some of the news coming out of the American College of Cardiology scientific sessions last week. What were some of those highlights? The ACC meeting this year was in D.C., and there was not a lot of medtech-specific news there, but there were a few important developments that I covered in the last cardiovascular catch-up feature that I wrote. Now, the news that got the most attention, at least from the Wall Street analysts, was that there was some new clinical data on Medtronic's Simplicity Spiral Radio Frequency Renal Denervation System. So for those who don't know, renal denervation is a method for trying to reduce the blood pressure in people with very dangerously high hypertension that is not responding well to drug treatment. Uh, the Simplicity Spiral is a percutaneous device that ablates the nerves near the renal artery, that's why it's called denervation, to cause a change in the body's nervous system that reduces blood pressure. At least that's the most simple explanation. The news from ACC was that three-year results from 80 patients in the pilot part of a big a trial sponsored by a Medtronic called Spiral HTN on Med, it's a lot, confirmed that renal denervation with Simplicity Spiral produces durable, clinically significant reductions in blood pressure in the patients who would otherwise have uncontrolled hypertension, even though they were still taking antihypertension drugs. Felix Mafoud from Saarland University Hospital in Hamburg, Germany, presented those pilot study data at the meeting, and there's a paper on them in The Lancet. So why is that important to Medtronic? Well, a few companies are working on renal denervation and have been for a while, but Medtronic is probably going to be the first to get it to the U.S. market. To do that, they have to finish these two sham-controlled trials, the Spiral HCN on Med trial, I just mentioned, which is testing renal denervation in people still taking antihypertensive drugs. The, the population that are still taking drugs seem to be the one that physicians and Medtronic are most concerned about. The results of spiral HCN trials, along with some registry data, are going to be what supports the PMA for the Simplicity Spiral system. And Medtronic is, is still hopeful that they can get all that done by the end of this year. So like I mentioned, spiral HCN on is tracking people who are still taking antihypertensive medication. But there are two parts of the trial. There's the 80-patient pilot trial, which is what was presented at ACC. But there's also this 260-patient pivotal part. I know it can be confusing. There's a lot of different parts. A year ago, the company had hoped that the 260-patient pivotal part of the trial would produce results that were so clear-cut and overwhelmingly positive that they could have stopped the trial early and be ready to file that with the FDA before 2022. So they set up a pre-specified interim look at the data. The, the committee that runs the trial looked at the data early. And then last fall, that committee determined that the interim results were actually not conclusive. And so they said, well, no, you're going to have to keep um, doing this trial and finish the whole trial with 260 patients. They'll still need to finish that trial. But the pilot trial data that was presented at ACC that showed that the renal denervation works better than the sham control offers a lot of confidence that the results from that big pivotal trial are going to work out the way Medtronic wants it to. And so now Medtronic seems pretty confident that it at least be able to get this PMA to FDA this year. So what do the analysts think will happen with this? 
when they were not able to just go with the interim data last fall, um, that was disappointing to Medtronic and some of the analysts. But there's really not much reason, as far as I can tell, to assume that means that the trial overall isn't going to end up favoring real denervation therapy. And the interim idea was just a, a shortcut that they were hoping to take to, to make this happen faster. But Medtronic is still in very good position to be the first ones with a renal denervation system in the U.S. In fact, some analysts think COVID might have been the main reason why the interim look didn't work out the way they want. It just interfered with the trial in terms of collecting data and so forth. And so there's no reason to think that that's anything to worry about. There's good reason to hope that the, the final pivotal trial will work out the way they want. And so it looks like they're going to be able to present those data later this year. They said, Medtronic said that they were looking for a clinical meeting at some point to present those data. So just based on the time frame, I'm thinking maybe they'll get it at TCT, which is in September in Boston, maybe at the American Heart Association meeting, which is later in the fall. But we'll just have to see. So having said all that, the analysts think it's still going to take a long time for Medtronic to develop this market. They think the market could be worth about $3 billion maybe by the end of this decade because hypertension is such a big problem. And these people with very severe hypertension are at risk for all kinds of cardiovascular but to convince the doctors and the payers that this is really worthwhile therapy, um, they're probably going to have to show that this makes a significant difference in the patient's overall outcomes and also prove that in real-world data, not just trials. So that might take a while. Yes, that technology has been in development for a long time. It will be interesting to see how that all turns out once it reaches the U.S. market and Medtronic invests in marketing it. Thanks for that, Reed. You can read about these topics and a lot more at medtechinside.com. There you can read the rest of the coverage of the ACC and AAOS meetings and the other recent meetings we've been following. There's a new article featuring an interview with FDA's Head of the Office of Strategic Partnerships and Technology Innovation and a few other regulatory updates you'll want to check out. You may also want to look at Informa's MedDevice Tracker Reports library, where you can see our full archive of MedTech Market Reports. There's now a link at the top of the MedTech Inside page to go to the library where you can subscribe to get all the reports or buy one at a time. The archive of the Digital Health Roundup, speaking of MedTech, MedTech Insights Device Week, and the rest of Informa Pharma Intelligence podcasts are available on the Informa Pharma Intelligence channel on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Spotify Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at medtech underscore insight. I'm medtech Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N, and read is medtech read with two E's. Thank you very much and have a great rest of your week.